Without further ado, I'd like to welcome the one, the only, the powerful Corey P. Smith to the show. <laughs> How you doing, man? Man, that, that, that's an awesome introduction, man. I'm over here blushing. <laughs> well, I'd like to thank you, Corey, for taking time out of your busy schedule to educate me and the listeners worldwide about business credit and personal credit. I gladly appreciate it. No, I mean, I thank you for um, having me on your show. Like like I always say, I'm always excited talking about credit. It's, it's, it's something I love to do. It's my life. So, man, thank you for having me on. Well, I thank you, Corey. To everyone that's listening, I highly recommend go and get your pen and your pad right now. My great friend Corey P. Smith is going to break down lamest terms about the power of business credit and personal credit, and we're going to talk about his powerful outside-the-box book, which is called How to Outsmart the Credit Bureaus. Is that correct, Corey? Yeah, that's correct. It's um, it's actually three books now, um, The Conspiracy of Credit, How to Outsmart the Credit Bureaus, and, and, and the one I, I just released last week, and that was The Unbreakable Laws of Business Credit. Mm. So, wow. Everybody should try to get those books in the in the library. What I'd like to know, Corey, can you explain to the listeners in lamest terms, who is the powerful Corey P. Smith? How long have you been in your powerful industry? And what is your expertise? Uh, of course, my expertise is credit. I've been, I've been uh, in this industry um, since the, the, uh, the late 90s, so you know, just over 20 years. Um, who I am, I, you know, I, I don't, I try to stay humble. I like to think of myself as, as being a humble guy. I, I like to, you know, think of myself um, as being extraordinary at the same time while I'm being humble. And um, I'm a person that likes to give information away. I love to give information away to try to help people um, better their circumstances, whether it be on uh, a financial level, whether it be, you know, providing them information to help them uh, mentally, um, spiritually, um, as well as emotionally. I mean, that's, that's who I am. Humble, but extraordinary. Mm, wow. Now, Corey... I seen a powerful video that you did, and you said that business credit is like personal credit on steroids. And you also said that you can actually put your credit report on freeze. Can you explain to the listeners what is the purpose of business credit and personal credit, and how can you put your credit report on freeze? Well, I'll start by saying... In that video you saw, the reason I made this statement and I said business credit is essentially personal credit on steroid, steroids, I, I said it because I see a lot of things on social media, I see a lot of things on the Internet um, with people, you know, providing services in regards to uh, people building business credit and and the way they present it, they present it in a way like it's, it's complex. And, and and they 
may do that because of, you know, the dollar amount that they, they might want to put on charging people um, to teach them or to charge them for a service. And, and if people can understand personal credit, then they can understand business credit. And it's just simply following simple steps. And, and that's why my book that I, that I just released, The Unbreakable Laws of Business Credit, it's a very simple book that helps you just follow steps one, two, three, like A, B, C, D, E, F, G, to building a, a, a real solid um, corporate credit file. That's the reason why I made that statement was saying business credit is personal credit on steroids because it's, it's simple. It's simple, but it can, it can get you big dollars to help you position yourself um, better financially. Um, you can do the same thing with personal credit. <clears throat> you can acquire um, funds using your personal credit, but at the same time, you have to know how to how to leverage um, that debt once you obtain it, because that's what that's what credit is initially is debt, and people just have to be taught to leverage that debt to turn it into multiple streams of income. Um, and, and producing assets to service the debt that was created. When I talk about freezing your credit files, especially now, sometimes after you have acquired a certain amount of credit, meaning money, whether it be lines of credit, and you, you're taking a break and having it pulled uh, with inquiries, you want to freeze it. You want to shut it down. Um, that way no one's making money off of your file by pulling it. Um, and no one's, no one's being able to even solicit you. Um, you, 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 you're essentially in control of that. And that's the reason why sometimes I talk about freezing your credit file. Mm, wow. And then in the video, you also mentioned about freezing your ID and analytics report. Why is that important to entrepreneurs and business owners? Well, um, it's it's more important for people that's uh, personally trying to repair their credit. Uh, when when I talk about freezing your ID analytics, you know your SaveStream or your LexisNexis uh, reports, that's to help you during the process of disputing certain things on your credit file um, because you don't want to give um, a creditor or a collection agency or um, <clears throat> even the bureaus any type of leverage to resist you during the dispute process. And that's the reason why I started talking about freezing those um, files such as LexisNexis, A-Stream, you know, um, IRA and ID analytics and all all these uh these these uh, databases that uh, retains your personal and, and, and public information as well, you know as well. That's the reason why I say freeze it. Mm. So wow. you don't you want to give you don't want to give them anything to reference back to, you know, because you might have to pay, you you might have to play a few games. You might have to play a few games when when you're cleaning up your credit. You all, you know, uh, whether people want to accept it or not, 
Um, the game is not fair. It's not fair on 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 their end. The people that you you you're disputing certain accounts with, man, they on the same team as the, as, as the credit bureaus. <laughs> mm. People that you you know, so you got to think in that manner if that makes sense. Oh, that makes a lot of sense. So with collection agencies, you basically don't have to do business with the bill collectors. Can you actually send them a cease and desist letter for them to stop harassing you? Man, you don't, you don't even have to do that. I mean, you can, but I never pay a collection agency. Never in life. Never in life, because it's a business for them. And you the business, so... Um, first time, I, I would advise anybody, the first time you get a, a letter from a collection agency, and I've said this a hundred times over, don't push it to the side, respond to them. And when you respond to them, don't respond to them with, hey, send me um, a validation of debt letter. Don't even do that. You start off the rip with, hey, this is not my account. You know, whether people like it or not, like, even if it is your account, it's not my account. You know, because they don't know. They don't know. And one thing about it, when, we, when we're talking about um, the laws regarding debt collection, you're in violation if you, if you continue to try to collect on a debt. It's possibly the result of identity theft or fraud if you catch my drift. Mm. So, wow. Nah, you know, um, so it's a number of things that you can do. You know, and I talk about those those things in the book. Like, I never start out with uh, send me a, a validation of debt. I always respond. I always respond by saying, I don't know what you're talking about. And at that point, at that point, they are supposed to uh, redeem that back to the original creditor, creditor uh, which they bought their debt from. Sometimes they still uh, will try to respond with, a lot of them doing this now. A lot of them are sending um, these uh, affidavit of sales uh, and they're just simply they, they're trying to establish uh, a legal right uh, uh, to say that they are the original creditor um, and we have a right to collect. And you don't have to fall for that. As I tell people to hit, hit them back with, with um, an affidavit of denial. And that's, that's that, I, I put an example of that in my book, Conspiracy of Credit, as well. So. You know, it's a game, and, and you just you got to play the game back with them. And, and as I keep stating, the game is not fair. Whether you want to believe it's fair or not, it's not fair. They're not going to play fair because it's about money with them. That's true. So if it's, yeah, so people need to understand that. Mm. So with these agencies, they basically are buying a lot of debt for individuals they may owe money 
on their personal credit and their business credit. So to the agencies, that's pretty much like they're buying a book of business in regards to that's like their receivables. Right, mainly, mainly on the personal side. When you when you have debt buyers, uh, on the you know the personal side is huge because when you when you buy debt, that that becomes a an asset to your company. Like you can use it once you get going. Like when you talk about a debt buyer, like if I buy a million dollars worth of debt, um, I can say that's an asset. I could say, like, it's almost like, man, I have all these loans out here that got to be paid back. So that's that's big business. So them caring about whether the debt is yours or not or always following the guidelines, they, they, they don't. They just want the money. Like, people have to realize that uh, our society, if you look at it in a whole, if you just really examine it, it is 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 based off slaves and slave masters, but just now on a on a very uh, complex level. You know, it's all about you owing me. As long as you owe me, as long as you owe me, especially money, and you in debt to me, and what does that mean? If you in debt to me, then what? You you a slave to me. That's true. You're gonna pay me. And I'm a, I'm gonna keep you on I'm gonna keep you on that treadmill as long as I can. So, you know, that's that's how I view everything. It's just it's a lot of things are just more complex now. People don't pay attention. Um I don't know if you saw the video I put um with the guy who uh, was trying to repossess a truck um at my house. And the truck that he was trying to repossess was actually a friend uh, uh, to my wife. And, uh, you know, we allowed him to put it in our uh, garage. But one of the things I told him, because he, he wanted to give the truck back, but he had kids. He had, he had, uh, he had a girlfriend and uh, was trying to work a job. At, and, and that was their only... Uh, means of transportation, and I told him, you never let anybody help you help yourself into a worse situation. And a lot of people don't get there. They'll come back with B. Uh, if you can't afford the truck, or if you can't do this, you shouldn't have. You shouldn't have bought it anyway. And, and, and you know, it's easy to say that when you feel like you're in a comfortable position. So. I'm just trying to teach people how to fight back with, you know, just do it without all, without breaking the law, so to speak. Mm. Wow. This is an incredible interview, and I appreciate you coming on my show today, Corey. Oh, man, like I said, I, I'm, I'm excited that you, you, you even asked me to, to come on. Corey, let's talk about the purpose of entrepreneurs obtaining phenomenal business credit. Now, when you obtain business credit, do you have to have your federal tax identification number along with uh, opening up a phenomenal business credit file and establishing 
lines of credit with vendors and suppliers in order to get started? What's the process? Yeah, you 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 gotta you you gotta follow the basic rules. Uh, meaning, like <clears throat> you want to establish uh, you want to establish what type of entity that you want to have, whether that's a, a LLC, whether that's an S corp whether that's a C-Corp, whether that's a triple LP, whatever you choose, but just don't choose sole proprietorship. <laughs> you're <laughs> that's trying to true. Get a corporate credit because, you, you you know, those this the basic, it's, it's, it's just a basic rule. Um, once you decide, once you decide your corporate structure, yes, you, you, you want to have your tax ID number. You want to obtain your tax ID number. Um, you want to um, have things put in place such as your you know, your corporate office, your your corporate telephone number, your website. Um, you want to have your bank account established. Uh, um, you want to have all of those those basic things in in place uh, before you even begin to try to obtain these uh, net 10, net 20, net 30 accounts. Um, and those, those are, those are like the basic, it's like the basic format of getting started. Of course, it becomes a little bit more complex than that, but that's like a whole nother, whole nother show. And, and, and that's the reason why I put out, you know, my book, Unbreakable Laws of Business Credit, to try to give people a step-by-step um, guide to getting them to the point where they're able to apply for the um, the bigger credit cards, the revolving um, credit cards or the uh, the bank loans or the revolving lines of credit. Um, and I would advise anybody, even early on in the beginning, um, once you get started, uh, building your corporate credit. If you have big plans, uh, big plans um, in, in, in regards to how you want your company to grow, if you're doing something real, you want to make sure that you you have a really good accountant on on uh, on hand to 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 help you uh, look good on paper. Make sure you you file your taxes um, correctly. Make sure your financials are looking good uh, because that's going to get you to the money because at some point if you if you build out your company right and you and you uh, you make your company look strong on paper as well as you're making your bank account look strong, you'll be able to use that to do bigger things uh on a commercial level when it comes to the um, the game of real estate, but that's a whole other story as well. So, mm. you know, my best advice for, for, for people to get like a, a really good um, blueprint of where do I start in this um, business credit building process and seeing it through um, to a point where I have my company established to where I can obtain enough money to start using 
the business credit to generate more income to give my business a fighting chance and, and some breathing room, I advise them to, you know, go and buy the book, Unbreakable Laws of, of Business Credit. But as, even with me explaining it, that is really like it's it's just that simple. It's not it's not complex, you know. And in the book, I I have I list all the credit card companies and banks and what they require, whether they require an eighty paydex score and a personal guarantor, uh, whether they um, verify that you have a real corporate brick-and-mortar office, like all, all of this in the book. You are experiencing a life-changing, powerful interview, and you are hearing it first from Arthur Robinson Jr.'s PowerfulInterviews.com. So you have to establish a strong, real business in the eyes of suppliers and lenders. The bigger ones. The big, the, 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 when, you, when you're talking about doing some of the things that, that I've been able to do, like, you know, you talk about starting to use your company to invest in, in, in real estate uh, and also, you know, also using that as some sort of asset protection. And you're going to, you, you know, you're going to have to look good in your bank account. You're going to have to look good on paper. Your, um, your whole um, team in terms of your attorney, your 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 or your um, CPA, all of those things have to look great. I won't even say good to get to the real money. If you're trying to just get small credit cards like a Capital One Spark and things like that, mm-hmm. then nah, you can do the basic thing. Get you a, a couple of net 10, net 30 accounts, pay them off long before it's time for them to be due um Maybe if you decide to buy the DMB uh, uh, credit builder, which isn't necessary, things like that, or, or just making sure you have some type of paydex score, which is your Don's, uh, your Don's uh, credit score, uh, so to speak, if, if, to simplify. Uh, yeah, you, you mean what Dun and Bradstreet reports? Right, Dun and Bradstreet. You, you don't have to do a, a whole lot. You don't have to take it to, to that level if you're just trying to do basic things like that. But to get to the real money, to 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 be able to walk in the in the bank and say, "Hey, I need a hundred and fifty thousand dollars," and they want to ask, start asking for paperwork and and you know, and they giving it to you in the form of a a check or cash and not on the credit card. Then you want to make sure you look good um, all around. You want to make sure your your bank account is looking looking good, and, and it's going to take money to do that, and it's going to take time. You know, you got a lot of people that that say, "Hey, I can get you uh, fifty thousand dollars or a hundred thousand dollars in six months or in three months," and they can, they can, but a lot of it's going to be on credit cards. A lot of it's gonna be on credit cards, but you know, I I, I try to get you know I, I try to get to a point where I I don't always want credit card. I want a check. <laughs> That's I want right. David log, log into my business bank account and the money. You know, they put they they put the two hundred thousand there. They put the hundred and fifty thousand, the hundred thousand there because I can. 
I can use that, you know. Yeah, that's leverage. Man, that's 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 leverage beyond what you can believe. You know, mm. money, 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 man. Whether it's on the business level or the personal level, when you deal dealing with credit, man, it buys you so much time. And what I mean by that, buying you time, it buys you, uh, it buys you a calmness, almost like where you can sit back and you the coach, and you looking, you looking at how your team is playing, and you can pick and choose like what what my next move need to be. You're not in a rush. Like most people, when you don't have cash, it's always frantic for you. It's always, you always anxious. You always insecure. You always worried about what the next move is going to be. But when you got money at your disposal, then let me pick and choose which opportunity I want to take. You know? Mm-hmm. So that's what it's all about. And, and even with this game of credit, no matter how many people that you see on the internet, the real money going to come you have real patience and you build it. Mm. And you don't make dumb moves, you know. I, man, I've had people that have have tried to do things with me and it don't work out and i become the biggest crook. i become the biggest, the worst guy in the world. But I tell them, listen, hey, <clears throat> if you're trying to invest even $1,000, if your life depends on that, don't do it. Because 99, you, you try things 100 times, most business ventures, most whatever you try, whatever risk, you try it 100 times, I can almost bet you 99 times it, it's not going to work out. Mm-hmm. It's not going to work out. And you have to be prepared for that, and most people are not prepared for that. It, it takes, takes years to build an empire. Yeah. It, it takes years. So um, as far as the corporate credit goes mm-hmm. and the personal credit goes, the reason why I speak on it and I say I use it as a tool to put me in the, in, in the, in the position that I'm in now, I had a lot of patience. I took a lot of strategic moves. I did a lot of research. I'm not, I'm not special in that aspect of, like, man, this credit, this game of credit is like rocket science, and it takes a genius to figure it out. Nah. It just takes research, reading, paying attention, trying things. It's going to come to you. It's going to come to you. So, and that's the thing that people, people, uh, people have to be aware of. The only thing that I'm I'm just trying to do is just shed a lot more light on them because, you know, they they have always used credit against us. Mm. And I'm going to say us, meaning, like, I I don't never try to make it a black and white thing. I always looked at it in terms of it being a poor thing. But for the, you know, the the truth about it is black people lose more than, than, than any other race when it comes to credit because we don't understand it. They've always used it against us. 
That's and, true. And you, even like, man, you just got through talking about education. Mm-hmm. They use that as a trick bag to me. I mean, people, people would go to, to. I got a, a homeboy went to pharmacy school, and he's like, man, I, I make a hundred thousand dollars a year, but, but man, you owe two hundred thousand in student loans. Mm-hmm. What's the, you know? So you came out in debt. There you go. And then it's not like they're getting a hun- it's not like they're getting a six figure check in one lump sum. They basically are generating a hundred thousand dollars on paper as gross income, but that's not your net income. Nah. That's not what you're bring home because that's tax, so you're really not making a hundred thousand dollars a year. You're really probably working with maybe maybe after taxes a little over seventy a year. Man, and that, that that depends on your insurance plan. If you got kids and then all the extra stuff that come with it, you still not happy because there's no money. Mm-hmm. Like I get, I, I just I trip off when I hear people talk. Sometimes it's like, man, it's a good job paying twenty dollars an hour. I know everybody can't be rich. I know everybody, you know, is different levels. But man, some people, <laughs> some people. You can do better than that twenty dollars an hour. You chalk up the cost like I sit back and I was like, man, if I made fifty thousand a year and it was never taxed, it still would take me twenty years to make a million dollars. I could take this credit game and be patient for two years, maybe even a year. Well, I'm gonna say two years. I can get my hands on a million dollars if I do it right. Even That's if I true. can't get my hands on a million dollars, I I know I could get my hands on half a million. I don't, I don't care whether it comes through credit cards, through lines of credit, through me hustling, whatever, merchandise cards, whether it be Home Depot, whatever I got to do is helping me, you know, where I'm not coming out of my pocket with cash where I'm able to buy products to, to, to rehab uh, old buildings or old houses that, that I plan on flipping as opposed to me working a job for 20 years, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and people don't, like, man, if, if if somebody opened my eyes up to something and I can see it, I'm going to test the waters. But like I told you before, people don't want to go through the pain. You'd rather go through, they'd rather go through 30 years of somebody else having control over their life mm-hmm. as opposed to going through 10, 10 years, 15 years of pain, suffering, uh, unsure about things, but, but, but still knowing when it's all said and done, I got financial freedom in the end. They don't want to go through that. No, they, 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 you know, it, it's, it's like, it's like somebody told me one time. They had a blank credit file, and I was like, you sitting on a gold mine. And their words to me was like, man, I don't want to, I don't really want to mess with it because, man, I got to have a guaranteed chick. And I'm like, you the guaranteed chick. You the guaranteed chick. Mm. Can't no other man guarantee your life better than you can. And we know God ain't a man. Mm. So what does it tell you? So 
you know, some people don't get it. Wow. That is absolutely true. And, um, you know, when it comes to, you know, jobs, I mean, I know some people may need them, but that's their mindset. But, you know, J-O-B stands for the journey of the broke. And in order for you to really have some breathing room, or whether it's on a personal level or whether you're in the business, you know, you got to generate at least $80,000 a month. That's around $20,000 a week, $3,000 a day. So if you can really wrap your mind around how can I actually generate and accumulate three grand a day, you will be in the breathing room. You will be in the 1%. And the 1%, it's controlling 99% of the wealth that's being generated. So you got to make a decision to say, listen, do I want to be on the wealthy side or do I want to stay, remain to be on the poor side? You can't save your way to wealth. You know, basically you want to save to invest, not save to save. And when it comes to money, you know, you really got to wrap your mind around how does money really work. You can't make it because you don't own any money machines, but you can generate it. Right. Right. And people, people, and man, hey, it's, it's just like we, we were just talking about, we talked about that money being energy and that you waking up with that $5 in your bank account, how you don't want to get up, and but if you got $500,000 in your account, you can't sleep. Like, people don't want to... People don't understand that. Listen, man, I had somebody, I took my credit, and this was like one of the last, the last job I had, and I knew I was, I was quitting. Like, you know, I took my credit because I had good credit, and I had a friend tell me, you crazy. But what I did, over the course of two, maybe three days, I went and bought seven cars, right? Seven. Low end, high end, whatever I could get. Whatever I can get. We know cars depreciate in value. That's true. Once you start spinning the wheels, right? Mm hmm But I also knew my people. I also knew I pay attention to bigger companies like Hertz. Avis, I know what they're doing. I could do it on a much, much smaller scale, but I took a, I took a risk, about seven cars, and I already knew, I already knew that I, I, I had a consumer base, and I took those seven cars, and I was, I, I ran them out, where they be my, I had charger. That would, hey, I still got them. Chargers, Challengers, Camaros. All the cars I know most people, working class people, they want to drive. But I took those seven cars, and with those seven cars, I went from me making $17 an hour to me, that ain't, that's barely $2,000 a month with no overtime. But I took seven cars, renting them out. It, it 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 brought me. It was bringing me over. I think that first month when I got finished, I was a little bit over um, twelve thousand dollars. 
in that first month. Mm. But if I were to listen to one of my friends, like, man, you crazy. You don't mess your credit up. You don't like you. Like, this is what I do. But most people, they wouldn't even do that. They'd be like, that's crazy. So what I do, man, I'm at 12000 a month like that. Damn. I went and bought me four, four houses. Mm. And, that, and that was but residual you what, income for you. Man, that was residual income. And I kept taking off. And I kept taking off. And I, 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 I and then my book, I had no idea it was going to do what it did or what it's even doing now. Eventually, that kicked in. Mm. So I, I, ain't, I ain't even looking back. So, but if I would have just stayed afraid or if I would have just not even thought of like, man, I'm going to try this. I I wasn't trying to make no investment in something that depreciates in value with cars. Like mm-hmm. people, people were, I, I, even when I, back in the day when I would hear people say, man, I don't have to have, I don't have to have a Benz. I don't have to have this and that. Man, I used to tell them back in the day, give me the Benz. Right. Because cars make me money. Mm. And what I mean by that, I'm just keeping it real. It was times when I was coming up back in the day, I probably have $1,000 in my bank account. But I had the beans. And just because I had the beans, somebody was willing to invest in me or somebody was willing to talk to me or somebody was willing to meet me. Because it was perception. That's right. The perception right. meets reality. Exactly. But now, I ain't got to do that. I don't care if I pull up if I pull up in a Ford F-150. If you know me on a personal level, then you already know You already know who got the money. Yeah, I don't even have to. And that's not boasting. Mm-hmm. That's not being arrogant. But I'm just telling the story, you know? That's true. You see, rich is something you become, but wealth is something you establish. Exactly. You are experiencing a life-changing, powerful interview, and you are hearing it first from Arthur Robinson Jr.'s PowerfulInterviews.com. Corey, can you explain to the audience what is the best advice that you have ever received? Man, the best advice that I have ever received, actually, when when I when I look back on it, uh, it actually came from from my dad, and <clears throat> and something that he used to always tell me. If I messed up, he would say, "Go, go stand in the mirror and look at yourself." And when you figure out, and he used to actually make me do this, when you figure out who you are, you come back and tell me. And for the longest, I felt like an idiot because I, it's like I could never, whatever I gave him, whatever, however, whoever I told him I was, I couldn't, it, it wasn't the right answer for him. 
And he'll be like, that's not who you are. That's not who you are. And the, and the reason why I, I say that when you ask me what was the best advice that I ever got, at the end of the day, what I learned before my dad died, what he was trying to tell me, that what he essentially uh, told me, was telling me, he was basically saying, figure out who you are and you will figure out where your wealth lies. And he started doing it because I always been the type to try dumb stuff just because I wanted money because, you know, truth be told, man, me being born into poverty with my mom, I didn't, I, man, I, we was broke, broke. It's a little bit better with my dad, but even with my dad, it's still, you know, I still was, I, I wanted things. You know, and he knew that. So when I would do certain things, like if I, you know, not to just going into like I won't even go into this story, but but I was doing things to try to get money because what I wanted some some tennis shoes or some pants. Cause I got I had four pair of pants going to school. Mm, you know, right. So, but the one thing my dad he he already he already knew like. You got to figure out who you are. When you figure out who you truly are, that's what he used to go look in the mirror and and and, and when you and, and look at yourself and come back and tell me who you are. But at the, that was it. Figure out who you are, and you'll figure out where your wealth lies. Most people, the majority of people, never discover their wealth because they don't know who they are. They never discover their gifts. Everybody has a gift. If you're born in your right state of mind, God gave you a gift. But you got to tap into it. You got to figure out who you are. That was the best advice I, I that I got. Go stand in the mirror. Come back and tell me who you are. Mm-hmm. And, and for a minute, it didn't make no sense to me. Like, what the hell? It seemed like punishment to me, but it wasn't punishment. It's just like life, going through life, trying to figure it out. And what is life to most people who hadn't reached financial success? It's hell on earth. Mm. I ain't got enough money to eat. I ain't got enough money to pay the bills. I live from paycheck to paycheck. I don't want to get up and go to work Monday. Man, it's Sunday. Man, is it Friday yet? I'm going to see if I can put in to get two weeks off to, to go on vacation. When can I get this shift to work? Who want their life? Mm. People, if they, if they figure out who they are, they don't have to have their life. But that's what it boils down to. But that was the best advice. That I ever got. Wow. Looking back on it, yeah. See, your father, he was instilling work ethics in you, but you just didn't realize it. And like you said, when your money ain't right, you are living in hell while you are on this earth because you create your own heaven and hell. Yeah. Yeah. 
Hey, I'll say this, man. When I talk about my family, I'm proud of myself. When it comes to my kids, when it comes to my wife, because when they ask me something, they don't ask me something to be like, Daddy, can you do this? When they come to me, they already know Daddy can do it. Mm. If that makes sense. That makes a lot of sense. Exactly. That makes a lot of sense, you know, because yeah, basically yeah. you're the alpha male. That's the king of your castle. And, uh, you know, when you're working as a team, you're only as strong as your team. And when it comes to our wives and our children, you know, you got to basically teach them the right way to build their own path to wealth. And our children are our future benefactors. Yeah. You're right. Castle is only destroyed from where? Within. Mm. Wow. Corey, you've been breaking down some underground information about personal and business credit. Let's talk about the word entrepreneur. Now, the word entrepreneur means entrepreneur, and it was a Latin word, and it was invented in the 15th century in France. There was a gentleman by the name of John Baptist. He invented the word, and over 300 years later, that word still exists, which is entrepreneur. So entre means between, and pandre means to take. So it means to take lower productivity and increase it to higher productivity. Can you explain to the listeners how are you increasing your productivity in your businesses? I never stop trying to learn. Whatever industry that I take on, whatever new business venture I take on, I research. I learn as much as I can. I talk to people that are in the industry, whether it's real estate, whether it's trying to you know, deal with commodities, whether it's trying to break into this new marijuana boom in Canada. I talk to people. I learn. I try to learn as much as I can because that's the key. Whatever. When you're in the industry, it's no different than, than athletics or entertainment. You got to learn. You got to work. You got to work when other people are not working. You got to be reading and learning and researching while other people not doing it. So that, that's that's how I grow my that, what, all my business ventures. I never look at me being. I don't know everything. If somebody it, it, now, when it comes to credit, I say this unapolog unapologetically. I'll say that I haven't met anybody yet that knows it better than me. And if it is, I want to meet them. Mm. That's, that's probably, that's probably, I, I'll take that, I'll take that claim uh, when it comes to this industry of credit because I love it. I've died, man. I, I just, I, 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 I dissect it through and through other, other, other business ventures that I'm involved in, you know, I, I try to, I'm still learning. And I try to learn as much as I can. That's how you increase. It's, you know, you never stop learning.
Well, I love surrounding myself around like-minded individuals. And when I'm driving, I let my driving time become my learning time. Right. I get that. I get that. And 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 and, and, and I guess I, when I when I talk about learning, that's a part of it. Or reaching out to people, you know, that's a part of it. Being around people that vibrate the way I vibrate, or even vibrate on a higher level than me. Mm-hmm. All of that, all of that, all of that comes into play when you're trying to grow as an entrepreneur. And you can't be around somebody and you're trying to build a a $100 million company, and they're telling you that ain't going to work. Well, how you going to do that? <laughs> and I don't know how I'm going to do it. I'm going to get it done. It's like I knew when I was broken, my kids needed Christmas toys. I don't know how I'm going to get it, but I'm going to get it. I'm going to get them I'm gonna get them Christmas toys. Mm. Same thing. <laughs> wow. You know, most successful people that are hectomillionaires and billionaires and even decamillionaires, they basically didn't know how they was going to actually build successful businesses. They just know they was going to do it. Because the how is really not your business. That's right. That's right. You ain't even got time to be figuring out, man. Just do it. Just, just do it. Mm. Now, earlier we talked about money. Now, let's talk about the topic money. Now, I know money is not value. Money is just a facilitator to do transactions. Can you explain to the audience, how would you define money? Man, point blank, point blank and period, in my opinion, <clears throat> Money is energy, and it's a means of gaining control of your life, period. It's energy. It makes people move. It makes things move. It makes organizations and institutions move. It makes politics move. It makes laws move. We didn't make it that way. Powers that be made it that way. And they made it that way. How? Through money. Mmm. Wow. You said money is simply energy. So money is a byproduct of the value that you uncover? Yeah. Well, like I just said before, when I speak in terms of it, it's almost like, let me tell you something. Let me tell you this. It's like you could be in a room and we'll use use my favorite guy, Jay-Z. Could be in a room and guess what? Jay-Z can walk in that room. You know what? You're going to feel his presence. You're going to know money in the room. Mm-hmm. You're going to know. You know, it's because that, 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 that's, how can I put it, is it like the trans, transferring of, of, of 
uh, or the or the caring of of Karen C. Mm. I mean, it just is. It goes like when I said, man. You, if you wake up, if you wake up tomorrow morning, you don't have no no money in your pocket or your bank account. Um, call me back and tell me how you feel. But if you wake up tomorrow morning, you got five million, ten million. I probably won't even be able to get you on the phone. <laughs> <laughs> wow. And you know what? That is absolutely true. When people know money is in the room, and it's like you have to educate yourself. And like we were saying it earlier, and like you said, education is pretty much overrated. And for the millennials, as well as our generation and people that's in the 50s and 60s, and when you're 60, that's middle age. You're still young. A lot of people got to tap into that wealth mindset and say, you know what, I got to tap into this pool of money to really enhance the life for me and my family and my strategic partnerships. And even with your partnerships, the people you're making money with, that's your family as well. That's right. That's your family. And what, 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 like even what you just said, when you talk about tapping into it, it's almost like, you know, you use that that word. Let's say it's ignorance versus mistakes, almost like, I, uh, you know, I, I haven't been a perfect husband uh, to my wife, right? Mm-hmm. Hadn't been the perfect, uh, perfect dad. And what I mean by that is I never had kids before I had kids. I never was a husband before, you know. And it's like I told my wife, I said, listen, I can apologize for my mistakes. I can't apologize for being ignorant. Mm. Right? That's right. So once somebody exposes you to something and you have... 